Hello and welcome to episode number 249 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> oh, it's finally well, here. Do you? What a what a wild and crazy time to be alive it is because yeah it's such a surreal moment when we we're get back, to these bro. these we're shows back. yeah for so, we're back in so many different ways we're back in the cinema um, can confirm cinemas have indeed opened um, they still exist in England they do they they haven't all shut down yet um, and we have got to see a movie in the cinema and we'll get to see movies in the coming weeks in the cinema which is extremely exciting let's not get carried away bro I mean, well yeah you know. one, one week at a time. Um, um, let's, let's just get in the, the, the theater before we before we announce that one. But yeah, we have seen Spiral from the Book of Saw, um, which yeah is going to be a hell of a conversation. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Um, but first, we need to get through the news. Luckily, there's only two items in the news this week. Um, little trailer to talk about very shortly um but first um something that's featured in the news quite quite frequently actually um is kind of netflix doing uh fair street um this summer um <laughs> something that we obviously talked about yeah, we kind of getting about this yeah like it's a trilogy of films based upon the the classic kind of rl stein books that were like a precursor to goosebumps and um yeah it's it sounds really cool um and so kind of like we finally have this kind of leaked last year as this kind of like um summer of horror kind of event mm. that netflix seemed to be doing so we kind of knew this anyway but it has now been confirmed with a nice little teaser trailer um so yeah it's all coming in july um basically week after week so fear street part one 1994 is uh, july 2nd then the following week part two 1978 on july 9th and then the, the uh, trilogy ends part three 1666 on july 16th <laughs> um and yeah it was a, it was a fun little trailer it's only like a minute long which is obviously you know it's not going to tell too much from a trilogy of movies but like i'm excited for this because i don't really know much about it as as a huge goosebumps fan i've not read any fair street at all um and really don't know too much about it so i'm just a huge goosebumps fan i'm just here for the ride um yeah i remember um i read quite a few hmm. um are they similarish to goosebumps they no they're much more dark Okay. They're, they're kind of they bridge the gap between i would say goosebumps and stephen king yeah um where i i remember i had a few and i read one quite young and then was like right i guess i'm reading the rest of these when i'm a bit older i'm going back to goosebumps <laughs> uh because it freaked me out a bit and then and then kind of read them when i was a bit older and and yeah like i said i, I enjoyed them i think kind of um those goosebump books the the short format and just kind of the the way those chapters were kind of were were truly special but yeah i, I certainly kind of had a special place for for the, the books when i read them at the time mm. um so yeah i'm i'm hoping it's ov- obviously the the um years being branded for each kind of movie mm. is interesting kind of what that will mean and kind of what what books will tie into those dates mm. Um, yeah. because because I, I i specifically remember a babysitter one more than anything it might have been called the babysitter right um that, that was that was quite freaky and and yeah so I, I really hope they kind of do that one in some manner 
Yeah, I mean, it, that could obviously be either of the first two, I guess. Mm. Obviously, like, 1978, you're immediately evoking, like, Halloween. Um, yeah. 1666, I'm assuming that's some sort of Salem Witch Trials thing would be my guess. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it sounds cool, like I say, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad this is finally here. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, we've kind of heard about it for a while, but it hasn't been kind of, like, forced down our throat. Like, oh, we saw the full trailer ages ago. You know, they have kept mm. it quiet, which has been nice. Um, well, it's strange that kind of... You know, we've already had um, uh, Army of the Dead kind of drop. Yeah. And and now we're getting this Fair Street announcement. And it's kind of like, so when did the summer of horror begin? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't like, know what, if maybe they just... The summer of yeah, horror? maybe is they just dropped movies? that, Brandon. Because yeah. obviously that was heavily rumoured. And then obviously mm. we're now getting these films, like you say, but maybe you know off the top of my head maybe stranger things was supposed to be a part of this is now it is you know is now not part of it and so maybe mm. they decided well no we're just going to release these piecemeal but um we shall see but we know yeah. the release date for this one um and then yeah lastly on the news um hell of a trailer just dropped uh, mm. hot off the presses earlier today kind of got a tease over the weekend that got me very excited mm. for the first footage and trailer of last night in soho um which was already one of my most anticipated movies. And having now seen this trailer, this is SmackDown number one. Um, this trailer was perfection in every sense of the word for me. This was exactly what I want from a trailer. It was completely setting the tone and the mood of the movie without giving away anything, or at least, you know, you know, some stuff that's going to happen, but like it doesn't delve into plot. It doesn't delve into characters. I, there's no dialogue in the whole trailer. No, um, that's what stood out for me. Yeah. And, and just the visual look of this movie, seeing it on my TV, I was like, I cannot wait to watch this in the cinema. Um, I adore everything Edgar Wright does. We talked about it mm -hmm. last week, how much we're such huge fans of his work, but to see him go back and create this really unbelievably stylish good-looking horror film oh god i'm so excited what did you make of this yeah. trailer this this is like us first trailer mm, for me definitely where it's kind of it's exquisite it it's kind of we had the buzz we had the hype already just like with us we then see the trailer and the trailer does exactly what it needs to do it just like you said it nails the tone it nails the visuals. It has this killer soundtrack. And I, I love the fact that there was just no di or, or almost no dialogue in it. And kind of, um, yeah, it just kind of made me want to see this movie, mm. but not knowing anything really what this movie is still about. I get a little bit of kind of tones and what it's about from this. But yeah, it, it was pretty much the perfect trailer. I think kind of, you know, we, we talk a lot about trailers and how they can ruin things or... Uh, we'll probably talk about how they can give you the a wrong opinion for a movie as well. And I think kind of, um, you know, this one just, just to me seem you know, it's hard to say until you see the movie, but I think it sets it perfectly and does exactly what it needs to do. It, it just, it looks fantastic. It kind of just gives me chills when I was watching it with the, yeah. the soundtrack and just the visuals and kind of this, this backwards and forwards between kind of the, 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 the time, um, time frames and kind of just, just everything about it that the, the text on screen that was building hype and the music that's building hype. Yeah. I, I like 
had a cinematic experience watching that trailer mm. yeah this you're absolutely right like i was thinking to myself oh this is easily the best trailer i've seen since Candyman. Mm. but yeah I, I like this slightly more and yeah i would say it would go back to that initial us trailer like this is the best yeah. trailer since us and we know how much we love that movie so it's yeah, high, right. high, yeah high stakes indeed but yeah everything like the second it starts with that cover of downtown and mm. i wonder how many people like overall will <laughs> catch it but like you can immediately tell that it's anya singing and i was just like blown away like oh my god this is where they're starting and then obviously when you see her as kind of like looks like an avatar almost i was just like oh man everything about this and the, the crazy thing is like a vast majority of the, of the trailer isn't remotely horror at all no. it's 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 more sci-fi which i guess is why i'm so jazzed about it because it's kind of like clearly got this time travel element but then yeah then the trailer goes oh shit has some mental looking kind of like slasher classic kind of jello horror in it at the end and oh my god i cannot wait for this movie man i just wish it was around the corner like october feels so far away and we've got plenty to look forward to before then but yeah i just oh man i cannot wait for this movie so much um yeah it's it's nice though to have a october like i hope this is a halloween mm. release like you know i want to be watching this around yeah, halloween like, around kills halloween. can get fucked now <laughs> yeah because yeah because we've had a real lack of that for the podcast mm. over the years yeah it'd be nice you to know, have a battle again yeah we've had real slim pickings for halloween so yep. i would love to have this and halloween kills and and you know literally have to watch them over halloween weekend it would be mm. brilliant oh 100 percent for sure so yeah oh cannot wait for this one if you guys haven't seen the trailer do yourself a favor i don't think it spoilers spoils anything it is just perfectly set in the tone of that movie and it is absolutely stunning this trailer yeah, i like, can't so wait to see it on the big screen oh the trailer yeah, um, let alone the movie yeah because because the thing with edgar as well for people that don't know if you don't kind of like follow him on twitter and stuff he is such a huge he's the biggest advocate i know of the cinema and mm-hmm. like like in the past week when the prince charles one of our favorite cinemas in london reopened um i don't know if you saw this but they were just randomly showing of the dead and he right. just rocked up and was there Beautiful. for like That's the amazing. 10 for like the 10 people that were there and was just like hey guys i'm just gonna watch Shaun of the dead with you guys and like oh yeah he's just i love edgar so so mm. much and i'm so happy he's back with it with us horror fans again because yeah well there's I, two I'm... things that that kind of made me love him constantly is he's just so entrenched in british culture and loves mm. it and he's so entrenched in the cinema and horror and kind of theatrical world. And it's just like he loves that so much. And yeah, so you, you, you can't but love the man. No, for sure. He's just Let fantastic. alone his body of films that he's got. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that is the news for this week. Pretty exciting mm-hmm. indeed. Shall we get to this week's film? Oh, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's talk finally about Spiral from the Book of Saw. So yeah, it's finally out after all this time. I I still cannot believe it, to be honest with you. It's like a weird, surreal moment where you just... I've gotten so used to the last year and the kind of Mm -hmm. frustrations and disappointment of everything I was looking forward to being taken away. And having now seen this movie it's weird to be like okay now we get to the part where we actually have to discuss the film not yeah, oh, i can't wait to see this film but oh we've seen it so let's talk about mm. it <laughs> it's it's weird as well because flash flashback to us in march mm. 20 getting prepped to see quiet place part two mm-hmm. and i know we got to go back to the cinema last year and we got to see one of our favorite films from mm. last year in the cinema in saint maud but we we missed all of these kind of 
you know, big tentpole releases. And I, I would have loved to have quizzed us and said, what What do you think is the first movie you're going to see from this <laughs> yeah. slate of movies? And so what would Spiral Book of Saw have been on that list? Mm. Um because you know that wasn't that wasn't like next on the list to watch. It's just the way that the schedule fell. This has just jumped in front of us first when we're now back. And it's know? it's the cinema reopening. It's not just mm. us for the podcast because you know otherwise it'd have been like oh the cinemas are reopened and we'll see a whole plethora of movies that we'd mm. normally see like Black Widow for example that we'll obviously not do a show on but yeah. we're going to go watch it and enjoy it hopefully. Um, mm. So it is wild that it was like oh not only is pretty much the only big film that's out right now in the uk a horror movie but it's also a saw movie and yeah this it's it's surreal it's surreal that we've finally seen it um mm-hmm. so yeah i guess we've got to talk about it at this point um yeah. i have no idea where to even start with this movie no. like the last I week think... and a half has been a journey <laughs> i think if anyone uh needs to know about us and and saw they need to kind of listen to our saw retrospectives that we've done and mm. kind of um you know, you can only tell from that that we chose anniversary shows to kind of talk about this franchise because it's a, it's you know very briefly it's a franchise that's super important to both of us. Really, it kind of it, it reignited horror and in particular cinema horror for us mm. in in those early two thousands. Kind of annually going to see a Saw movie became a thing, and it became a thing to get us back into cinema horror, which which ultimately is kind of one of those steps that that, that brought us down the path of you know creating this podcast so i think you know saw is one of those kind of you know structures you know one of those you know um, foundations that kind of you know got this podcast off the ground and and an important one of that you know we've talked about craven a lot recently but i think in kind Mm. of more modern times saw is a big part of that as well a hundred percent and i think yeah that's why i've always said it's my favorite franchise because even though there's loads of horror franchises i obviously adore you know we talk about evil Mm. dead constantly but i think it was always going to be something more modern because that's kind of like what i'm more into seeing new movies and that was the best one you know that is the best new horror franchise um you know the best new kind of horror icon and jigsaw and the kind of like the pig mask and billy the doll and all of that stuff is just such classic at this point and yeah the original trilogy is is just breathtaking you know again it created you know james wan and um and lee winnell and our love for those two filmmakers um and then kind of like yeah it it ran its course for those seven years um Mm -hmm. was great for six um was terrible for the last one and then (laughs) kind of killed it for for what six years um and then obviously the only one that we really got to experience as part of the podcast was jigsaw back in 2017 um which you know was disappointing at the time um not a movie that i hated you know i thought it was way better than saw 3d but still was not what i wanted from a new saw movie and then this was a a fascinating project because it was a step in a slightly different direction you know calling it a different title um and also the you know the return of darren lynn bosman as a director i think Mm. was easily the most exciting thing about this project um for people that don't know he he, you know obviously james created and and directed the first movie um and obviously him and lee uh wrote the third movie but it was actually darren who directed saw two three and four um which was Mm. you know saw two and three man my god like those movies are like nearly as good as the first movie you know like to me they're all perfect saw movies um so yeah, the excitement was huge, and obviously the trailer came out last year, which I was a huge fan of. There was kind of like these small nods to the classic Saw, but clearly it was like a different take. Um, we obviously had certain reservations. I think the main one was kind of like Chris Rock in that initial trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, f- a fine comedian, but can he portray a more serious role? Um, 
and yeah, we've now seen the movie. Um, where do we even start with this one? <laughs> we have. Um, well, I guess I guess I'll give a brief plot on this. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, you mentioned it going into it that kind of um, our lead is Chris Rock, who plays Detective Zeke Banks, mm-hmm. and he's kind of this uh, um, unwanted cop in the kind of. Uh, in the station he's kind of been outcast by everyone and and no one really likes him and he's got this real chip on his shoulder um and he lands himself kind of a case of a um on paper kind of we see in the opening scene it seems like we have a copycat jigsaw killer um where a uh victim is kind of brutally killed and um yeah chris rock is assigned to the case and kind of um, starts to realise that there is a copycat killer and that it's um, that he's not going to stop and that he's actually targeting uh, police officers from his station um, and kind of starting to pick them off one by one. Um, and, yeah, he's kind of joined by, well, his, his dad is uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, who plays Marcus Banks, and he's kind of the retired cop, kind of ex, kind of... Uh, I was going to say commissioner. Is commissioner right? Chief? Chief of police? Yeah, chief potentially. Of police. Uh, let's go chief of police. Detective chief of police commissioner, Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and also he has been forced upon him a new partner uh, by the name of William. Um, and, yeah, the two of them are trying to kind of unravel this 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 kind of seemingly copycat jigsaw killer. Um, and, and yeah, kind of in the opening scene of the movie, we get kind of the new kind of parameters of this, if you like, where we kind of see, and we saw it in the trailer that that the killer is kind of new voice, you know, we're away from Tobin Bell kind of voice wise. And, um, we've kind of got, got him in a pig mask, which looks like the pig mask from the traditional Saw movies, but then he's kind of got this pig puppet. That's kind of like this new take on the, the, the Billy, the, uh, puppet. Um, and yeah, kind of this new modern kind of copycat take on, on Jigsaw is what, what we've got going on here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the, this movie is kind of, um, wild to have seen because we've, we've, we've spoke about it for so long Mm. and I think kind of, I said to you that like, uh, I, I, my fascination with this movie kind of stopped at a certain point and it became a fascination with seeing how you were going to react to this movie. <laughs> um, because like I've, I've pretty much gone all in on screen and I feel like <laughs> you went, you went all in on this and mm. kind of uh, ready, ready to uh, sink or swim. You decide. Yeah. I mean, all the point, all the, all the evidence was pointing towards this film being fantastic. Um <laughs> Because the, I, like I, 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 like, I don't want to downplay it. I really liked the trailer for this, for this movie. I think it was an awesome trailer. Um, and I thought, you know, the direction they were going in, it's kind of like, okay, it's pretty simple, but you know, it could be an interesting story. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I'm going to have to give the context of seeing this movie before getting into the actual movie itself, because I've seen this movie twice in the past week. Um, kind of, I went on the day cinemas reopened in the UK because I was so excited. And my original plan was going to go there, going to see it, make sure I don't get anything spoiled. And then, of course, I'll love it. So, of course, I want to go see it again when we go see it like we normally do. Um, so that was my initial, original plan. Um, and that that first experience watching this movie... 
I have to give the context, which is the it reminds me of three other films I saw at the cinema. The first one was Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, um, which at good. the time I was absolutely heartbroken because I was so disappointed that I didn't like a Rob movie, and it was also the first movie of Rob's I got to see on the big screen. Um, and I should say, time has softened on that movie greatly. I don't hate that movie at all, um, especially compared to these other movies that I'm about to discuss. Um, but it was just how I felt at the time. The other one was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which just made me so wow. angry um, that they kind of fucked up this character so much. And it was just a complete abomination. Um, and then the other movie was Saw 3D, funny enough, which just made me very, very sad um, because it was kind of like a franchise that I loved. And I knew at the time that it had completely outstayed its welcome. Like seeing that movie on the big screen i knew that was the end of saw as we knew as we as we knew it at the time because it was so bad and i was like well they're not going to continue from this anymore um so sadly <laughs> that is the context because when i first saw this movie at the cinema i was a mix of, of two emotions from that actually i was both sad and angry having seen the movie um i was very sad that i'd basically been conned out of seeing a saw movie um because i didn't feel like i'd just seen a saw movie um and then i was also very very angry because i thought the movie was not very good um so that was my thoughts having seen the movie um seeing it a second time i softened a lot and that's kind of where i am right now and why i have to give the context because i was extremely hurt and disappointed and angry like i said after the first viewing i think on the second viewing had taken the emotion out of it and kind of um looking at it a bit more critically i can see that there are parts of this movie that are well made um and it's not just a complete write-off like i initially thought um there's two major 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 problems with this movie which i think is the reason why it completely failed for me um which i can't explain now but it'll be more easy once we get into um spoilers which we definitely will do um yeah but those two things really detracted my enjoyment, which I can say is kind of it was extremely obvious for a Saw movie. Um, you know, there's only one other Saw movie prior to this, which was Saw 3D, which I just had a horrible feeling that they were going to do something, which they ended up doing. Um, prior to that, I've never had any kind of expectations of what I wanted in a Saw mm -hmm. movie or what would be the twist or, you know, I'm not someone who really cares about that. I'm just in it for the ride at the time. Um, but this was so painfully obvious, um, even from the first trailer, but let alone when you watch this movie that I would struggle anyone who's even remotely paying attention like i want to pause this movie at the 10 minute mark for anyone watching it for the first time and be like right what do you what do you think is going to happen here and i think most people would get it at least like 80 percent bang on um which i think is the biggest downfall because that is obviously a writing problem and that is a massive problem for a saw movie because think of those grand moments obviously in the first in the uh. original trilogy like nobody saw those coming uh, like literally nobody um you know like the moment when he kills jigsaw at the end of saw 3d was just like oh my god you know how has this happened and they, they was on the end of saw 5 no it's crazy like oh shit it happens in free like you always think it happens later um so it's just that was always the high point of saw for me and it was was these incredible reveals these incredible endings and the fact that i pretty much knew exactly the paint by numbers structure of this movie definitely killed my uh, enjoyment um and the other major major issue i have is is kind of the betrayal of the police department in this movie um which again once we go into spoilers i'll really break down why i detested it so much and why it made me so angry um but it's quite frankly laughable um i it's yeah, I, I just could not believe how kind of basic level of um, writing is at play here. And I think that's my biggest issue with it because the movie looks nice like I thought it would based upon the trailers. Um, I think 
Chris Rock's performance is all over the shop, um, which we need oh. to dedicate a, a very, you know, a portion to talk about that. Um, and I mean all over the shop in terms of good and bad, um, but it's very inconsistent as a lead performance. Um, I think the traps are like, okay, they're passable. They're nothing special, but I didn't hate them either. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the movie. Um, but having, you know, like I said, because I felt like I knew exactly what, the, what was going to happen. It was a bit of a slog and it, it shouldn't be a slog because this movie actually has a really good pace to it. Like it doesn't drag at any moments. Um, it's, it's 90 minutes, but it flies past. And even the second viewing, I was like, oh, oh, we're already here now. Great. Um, which was surprising to me. But it, it drags because you know the final scene 10 minutes into the movie. So you're just getting to that climax, into that moment to be like, when is the movie going to show its cards? And I prayed on my first viewing that I had not figured it out and that they were one step ahead of me like they always are. And that I had fell for their red hair and hook, line and sinker. And mm-hmm. that maybe there was going to be a reveal that, you know, halfway through the movie completely changed that or or the reveal that I thought would be something halfway through and then the direction of the movie, the change. But no, it wasn't. It's the final five to ten minute reveal is exactly what everyone saw coming. Um, and so that is the biggest downfall of it. There's a million other things to go over, but I want to... What is your take on this movie overall? Yeah, I think um, I had the exact same issue with you. And I think it's the fundamental problem of this movie is that the, the Saw franchise is, is kind of renowned for its twists. But it's never been it's never been like something that I've been looking for. Mm. Like ultimately it became a real important part of each of those movies as you spoke about. But as I was watching those movies, I wasn't thinking about who the killer was or what this trap meant or what was going on. I was in it and enjoying it. Um whereas yeah, this movie, ten minutes in, I knew step by step how this movie was gonna end. And I spent the rest of the movie hoping, like you said, that that they would that their clever thing was was that they were showing you kind of what it uh what what they what you thought it was going to be and then kind of threw a curveball and they just ultimately didn't do that at all mm. it did exactly every single thing that that um that you thought it was going to do and it's just it's it's really frustrating and i think kind of you you said the word earlier which was that, that it's just simple and i think that's the problem this script is so simple and basic mm. and just kind of just so generic in every sense of the words kind of you know like you said you had problems with the way the police are portrayed uh the, the way that the villains out there the way that you know everyone handles themselves it's just so basic the the script at its fundamental level is just it's just really really simple and just kind of has no special source to it and then i think kind of um yeah going going into my other problems i think kind of the, the you know i I, I got like it was. In, I had a I had an interesting kind of roller coaster experience. It wasn't all terrible. I think kind of the movie began and we got the opening trap, and I was and the opening trap was quite gross. It was kind of involved someone's tongue, and it was it was you know squirmish and quite gross, and and it also made me kind of realize okay that's what this saw movie is. Like this isn't a, a jigsaw trap. Mm. This is a, a murder scene yeah you know this this is effectively what people have always said saw was Mm. which is just kind of you know the 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 phrase kind of torture porn it's kind of you know i i've always said that saw's saw's not that because it's because it's the story behind the trap it's the individual that's in the trap and it's kind of you know that whole thing that that it's kind of you know making someone kind of pay based off what they did and it's kind of like you know 
this one, you know, I think it was kind of like, you know, you used your tongue to cause so much trouble. Now you've got to lose mm. it to stay alive. But but they never stood a chance. And no. it was always, it's just a murder. And I think kind of progressively worse as well. That's like the yes, only one where I can even one. I can even see a way out. The other traps. I'm yeah. like, how did anyone? I mean, we'll yeah, get to it. But was... the, one, the one in the police station in particular. I was like, this is so stupid. No one could ever survive this. No, and there, well, there was the fingers. There was a yeah. fingers trap as well, where the person literally did what they were yeah. meant to do. I was like, how did the person not survive? Was it? Yeah. They were just being murdered, um, weren't they? Yeah, but I kind of, you know. Because this is not Jigsaw, mm. this is a copycat killer. I was I was okay with that as a concept. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine because we've moved, you know, we've moved on from Jigsaw, and as we've learned from Jigsaw, like that's a good thing that we kind of we can't keep digging that up. He died in the third movie. <laughs> mm. Like we we need to move away from Jigsaw and um and and yeah. So like, all right, if we're gonna have like, and I, I kind of like was ten minutes in, like okay. So we could have, I was already thinking like we can have multiple movies with these different copycats in and it can be different things and it can just be the Saw IP and like different dolls and different masks. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of okay with this world that I'm in right now. And then, and then we got a 20 minute Chris Rock stand up, <laughs> um, which I like Chris Rock. I find him funny. I found his 20 minute stand up in this movie quite funny um i also find it extremely off-putting for a police officer that's meant to be a uh, kind of renegade outcast really grumpy police officer cracking these chris rock stand-up mm. you know and i'm like well that clearly wasn't in the script that's clearly chris rock kind of bringing that to the role and i'm like you know if you're in if you're in bad boys that's that's fine that's that you know that's what it's about but when you're in a saw movie you know a 20 minute chris rock stand-up doesn't really work it's something and... that you have to see to believe because if you yeah. if you hear that you'll think oh okay it's like a witty yeah, yeah they think oh i'm being sarcastic well no I you, you think you think you know it's just like a witty comment but it's not yeah. it's literally like so what's the deal with this you know like it's that style yeah. of, of stand-up comedy where here's the premise i'm going to create the joke along the premise and then take yeah. you on adventure for five minutes you know where he does this whole thing about cheating where he's like yeah, oh women cheat in the day and then yeah i found out pilates don't even exist like it's a good joke but yeah, why would really a detective funny um who's like you say is supposed to be this pissed off grumpy man going for a divorce who's then going to a murder crime scene with his new partner why would he possibly be telling him this joke it's so yeah. unbelievable it's ridiculous and that's what i was right? saying yeah it's funny and that's what i was saying about how um i think chris rock's performance is all over the shop in this film yeah. because those yeah. moments he's funny because he's chris rock then yeah. he goes ridiculously serious because within the first 20 minutes of the movie is where all the comedy for some unknown reason was packed in where they yeah. thought well this is where we need to spice up the movie there's no jokes in the last hour of the movie he just forgets that he's a budding stand-up comedian at that point um and that's where i was really mixed and i yeah, wanted he to get chris rock the actor yeah like i want to get your take on what you thought of his performance because for me i thought when he's the one pushing the drama he's decent um when he's the one who's kind of like in control of the scene it's the classic when he's acting when he's reacting he's terrible like his his expressions on his face and it's the classic all i could think of was the joey joke in friends the smell the fart acting yeah. like this was pure chris rock smell the fart acting like anytime he goes to like a new crime scene or someone's explaining to him what's happened he's just squinting with this look on his face like he is smelling the dirtiest fart i've ever seen and i just it was bizarre to me because like i say in the moments when he's the one driving the action when he's screaming at people or whatever i thought he was competent in that in that drama role and mm -hmm. um, what did you make of him the drama stuff not the comedy stuff 
Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that you can't very, very easily disassociate the two because no. you've just had 20 minutes of his stand-up. Yeah. And so to see the character that he is playing being Chris Rock and then seeing Chris Rock trying to be a character after it mm. is just very strange. I think kind of, but, but yeah, you know, it, it got to the point that he was competent. Like you say, when he was in the, um, the kind of main, main area kind of running the, the kind of meeting and kind of shouting at people and getting them to do stuff and all of that, you know, like, you know, like you said, he was, he was fine. But I think there were there were multiple moments where you kind of get taken out of it. I mean, one in particular was this kind of slow mo scene when he comes out of the basement, and it's kind of like him walking mm. towards the camera in slow mo. Oh, and that's I the classic smell the fire acting bit, right yeah. there. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of and it's it was just hilarious. And I was like, it's you know, I now look at the poster, and it's kind yeah. of that. That's basically what that poster is. Yeah, and it's his um, serious look is just this moody squint that just looks funny. It doesn't look serious. Yeah, you're just waiting for the Chris Rock punchline. Mm. Um, but kind of moving away from him, I think, kind of yeah, when this movie then kind of gets into its other traps and stuff, like they were, they were, you know, gradually getting worse. And mm. I think kind of. Um, then when we got into kind of what they were trying to do with the police, ultimately what this kind of quote unquote twist is and kind of what this story is all about. Mm. I think it, it a sucks. It's B uh, the most predictable thing ever. Like I don't want to, I, you know, I, I, I almost want to say I challenge anyone to watch this movie and not get the twist, but yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not that's not really the point of it but it but it kind of is like it's that obvious it's not a, it's not a pat on your back it's not anything else that you figured it out it's the movie is that poor um at storytelling that it just gives you the answer yeah the biggest crux um, is that it's just not entertaining it's not fun no. as a movie guy i didn't enjoy any of it yeah you know and i think kind of um yeah then and 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 i think the the other thing is is that that i i then kind of walked out the cinema and i was like why is this a Saw movie? Mm. I think is, is the other question because we, you know, I, I guess we're getting a little bit spoilery, but not overly, you know, we're, we're almost the there. We'll get there. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a spin off of the Saw franchise, you know, and I've already said, you know, this isn't Jigsaw. It's not someone saying they're Jigsaw. It's not someone saying they're any part of Jigsaw. Um, but to be honest, they're not really saying that they're copycatting Jigsaw. Mm-mm. They're just wearing a mask and killing people. Yeah. And then the police are just kind of like, well, remember that remember that Jigsaw guy? And then they just want to get a picture of Tobin Bell, give him some money, which is fair play. I mean, yeah. he deserves some money. <laughs> but like... Um, it's mostly, you know, I guess, because like, there's the spiral, isn't there? And using the yeah. tapes and traps, which again, yeah, in yeah. their world, it makes sense. Because in their world, he would be like the most famous serial killer of all time for everyone currently. Yeah. So, of course, there would be people that would be inspired by that. Um, but yeah, it's just very interesting. And then I think kind of the other the other kind of elephant in the room is Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> and and kind of... Do you think of um, his two days on set? Well, I mean, he joins in the height of the Chris Rock stand-up and <laughs> yeah. then kind of has a banter back and forwards with, with Chris yeah. Rock. And <laughs> there's nothing that I hate more than seeing uh Samuel L. Jackson try to be the funniest person in the room <laughs> when he's with the funniest person in the room. <laughs> um, i'm not gonna one of his lines i thought was pretty great in the film <laughs> and it's just like i really have a problem with samuel l jackson <laughs> because 
I don't I don't know whether I like him or not. Mm. I can't tell because he's been in everything. Yeah. And most of the, and a lot of the things he's in, I fucking love. Yeah. But do I like Samuel L. Jackson? Like he, I love here's, Marvel. Here's the thing like, with Samuel. Do, you know. Samuel has never turned down six figures in his life. And listen, no. that I, I would do the exact same thing. That. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. I respect that. But I would say yeah. to any moviegoer who, especially someone who listens to this podcast, is definitely a, a level of movie fan, which is way more than casual. Look, mm. look up Samuel L. Jackson's IMDb of the last 20 years and tell me mm. how many of those movies have you even heard of? Because he does everything. And so you can't judge. Like, it's so bizarre, but you can't judge Samuel L. on every film he does because he just no. does everything. And so, like, yeah, yeah he, he is great as Nick Fury. Like, they literally mm. made that role for him to the point where, like, the comic book version of Nick Fury is now based upon Samuel L. Jackson. Like, that's, yeah. that's how fit he is for that character. And similarly, like, I've loved him in... Um, Django recently and like other stuff mm. but and obviously pulp fiction i adore him in but like yeah you can't you can't judge samuel on every movie because this is clearly like bottom of the barrel stuff for him um because it's clearly like a two maybe three day job on set it's one scene of banner with chris um and then it's like two other scenes that he's in and that's pretty much it and so the idea of having him in this movie you know they try they want to put his name on the poster they want to elevate quote unquote this movie and i think that's ultimately another issue i have with this movie in terms of uh darren we haven't talked about darren as a director who fascinates me because he was a, a small indie guy with just like james and just like lee after saw who got to make saw 2 because he basically had a script i can't remember the name of it now but he had a script for a horror movie that he was trying to get made and lionsgate essentially took that script reworked it made it into saw 2 that's how he gets on the saw train he makes saw 2 and saw 3 by the time it got to saw 4 he was done he was done he was like i am not making another saw movie and then he made a deal with lionsgate where he said i will direct saw four but only if you fund i believe it was repo the genetic repo, opera at yeah. the time and so he was like they were like fine we'll do that so he did that he moved on from the franchise so when you see that as a director and then he's obviously done loads of other films since then mm-hmm. you say to yourself as a fan well why why would he want to come back now i get the people change i get that maybe this is a different story he wanted to tell that he might have something else to give to the saw franchise but something had to give and i think to me when i see him talk about this movie when i see him on on set smiling ear to ear with chris and samuel i see the reason why he came back to the Saw <laughs> franchise um i'm just being i'm just being honest and again i have no shade with darren and i would do the exact same thing in his instance but you look at the caliber of actors that he would normally get to work with he does not get to work with samuel L. jackson um oh. so to me that's why he came back and that that bums me out as from a fan perspective because darren directed three incredible saw movies movies and sadly he hasn't directed a fourth incredible saw movie um he also did mother's day which is a real so good for me i yeah. love that movie mm. and, and see so, yeah, i'm a real fan of his outside of saw as well he did tell some halloween didn't he as well one of the things um, yeah we, we did one of his films last year yeah. didn't we that movie uh, i can't remember what it's called now with that couple that was on holiday oh um death of me was yeah, death of me yeah 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 um, you know oh yeah i remember that yeah i mm. remember that was him now um but yeah, um, I just think this movie doesn't feel like any of his DNA. No, you know, from the other from the other things. Like I say, this movie has no uh, identity. It has no kind of soul f- for me. And I think kind of yeah, you know, it it kind of has the worst of a lot of things because I think ultimately when I'm kind of talking about Samuel L. Jackson, I think what it is for me, I like Samuel L. Jackson 
when he's on set. Mm. You know, I like it when he has a role to play and yeah. he is, you know, he is Nick Fury, he's in glass, you know, he is whatever. Mm. And I think kind of uh, Samuel L. Jackson acting is fantastic. Samuel L. Jackson on set for two days to pick up a paycheck is just <laughs> annoying as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. Like you say, I have no gripes with Samuel L. Jackson because hell yeah, get paid, man. Like you get paid, work hard, like go for it, mate. But like, I want him in a role, in a meaty role that he can actually, you know, that he actually cares about. And mm. and when he's, when he's just these bit parts for two days, I really don't enjoy it. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's it's a shame because yeah i think i got like probably you know 40 minutes into this movie and kind of um i was i was in a good place like i was i'd enjoyed my stand-up that i got like i find chris rock funny and i was seeing some kind of brutal traps and kind of starting to get that and and i kind of had in my mind oh i hope they don't do this and i think it's when we get kind of um the 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 um tattoo crime scene shall i say that kind of like when that happened i was like right game over like mm. i know exactly where this movie is going and it's and unless it does anything you know it's gone off the rails now because i'm i'm really gutted and it and it just never came back because then from that point it did exactly what i thought it was going to do for the rest of the movie yeah um and the, the the i was just gonna say the final scene as well really triggered me Oh yeah, we'll really get to that now. There's one last thing I want to mention, and then we'll go into spoilers. Um, is that the, to just to kind of justify, I think, why there's so much Chris Rock comedy in this? Because I think you can kind of follow the breadcrumbs and figure it out pretty easily. Where obviously Chris Rock came to them with an idea for a Saw movie, which I'm sure was along the lines of "I'm going to be this detective," blah blah blah, and and that's the film. And then obviously, the, so this this movie has two primary writers who who also wrote Jigsaw. They they came on board. They took Chris's idea. They fleshed it out to a script. Now, what essentially happened was when Darren came on board as director the four of them got in a room together and kind of hashed out the final film and I think that is clearly where the comedy mm. comes into it because the idea of you four people hanging out in a hotel room you're drinking you're probably doing other stuff and Chris Rock's doing a stand-up routine that's probably going to be the funniest thing you've seen in your life you know yeah like you've got your own personal audience with Chris Rock when you're all hanging out drinking having fun and then and then he's like oh I got this whole bit about Pilates and they're all dying and like put it in the film and and then what happens is that I think is he does it on set and they go action he does it they say cut and then everyone kind of goes why the fuck is this in the movie? Like, what? Like, why is he doing stand-up routines as a detective? And they go, I don't know. It was hilarious in the hotel room six months ago, mm. and and that's that's it's where I think funny. this happened. Oh yeah, it's still funny, but it makes no goddamn sense. Like you said, is this character? It's so ridiculous. It's like watching two movies at times. Mm. Um, but yeah, I want to get into spoilers. Um, as far as recommendations go, no, I don't recommend you see this movie. It, it really <laughs> bummed me out. As a Saw fan, like you say, my biggest frustration is I don't feel like a Saw or Saw movie. I think I saw a, an okay, very obvious thriller um, with some very weird choices regarding acting and characters um, and just one of the most obviously written stories I've seen in a very long time as well as a terrible portrayal of the police. But I think I can get I can get into those more now we talk spoilers because it may seem like, I... why did you guys hate this movie but it's because we haven't really talked about the two worst things about this movie yet i would say yeah i would say definitely don't watch this movie um it's such a shame that this is our return to cinema because we've mm. been looking forward to it for so long but you know if you haven't gone back to the cinema yet 
uh, A Quiet Place and Conjuring 3 is next week. Like, yep. just hold out a week longer. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, stick on a Chris Rock stand-up and then watch Saw 2. you'll have have a much better time that's a i love that recommendation that is the best recommendation we've had on the show um but uh yeah full spoiler alert from this moment on um yeah obviously is i mean i want to talk about the police because this is what irked me so much and i think this is something that's more my taste rather than the basic our story which i think Mm. will be a problem for everyone the portrayal of the police in this movie is like Listen, I have a be in my bonnet about police in horror movies anyway, mostly because they're portrayed as dumb idiots a lot of the times. But this is way deeper than that. This is portrayed like, and I said it before, like, I think this is what I, when someone says to a child, what do you think police corruption is? This yeah. is what they would write, which is basically, oh, so um, a police pulls someone over for like a traffic, um, you know, violation and the person swears at them. So they just shoot them in the face. And it's caught on a dash cam and a body cam, but they the police just flat out gets away with it. Like in America, in New York, this is never going to happen in a million fucking years. It is such a stupid thing to put in the movie. And the second that dash cam bit happened was when I like, I just like shook my head and like almost wanted to walk out of the cinema at that point because it was so stupid. Um, I think it's so damaging as well, though, for what it's trying to achieve, because... Mm. I think, you know, there is a nuance and there is a there is a kind of real, obviously recent movement towards this and kind of this messaging. And I think mm. just kind of like you say, it felt like you, you, you know, said to a 10 year old like, OK, you've seen all the stories recently. Put, put this in a script and like what happens? And like you say, it's 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 so just not getting to the point of what it needs to and just just trying to. You know, uh, we've touched upon it with a lot of movies that kind of try to get into this political what's in the zeitgeist. And I think this this movie is doing it with the police side of things. And it's just like I say, it's more damaging than anything else. It could have, you know, this could have been a a real dirty, corrupt police force that this killer is, um, you know, trying to get revenge on in a real clever way. And ultimately, the 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 police kind of you know what the police corruption obviously it's terrible what they did but yeah it's just not believable and and then you you're 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 taken out of it for that and then the the killer just doesn't have good reasons for it either like you know it's just not like throughout the movie you don't really know what the rhyme or reason is and when it happens it's just like oh okay Mm. and so so yeah it's so frustrating it completely belittles their entire point because you could mm. make a really interesting source spin-off about police corruption i think that as a starting yeah. point 100 thumbs up because that is what there's been so much police corruption in saw like lest we forget hoffman like that is a real interesting thing and i think had they again i don't want to be the guy who's constantly saying they should bring up the past but using that as the end point to be like how was a detective yeah. able to do the things he was able to do let's really get into the nitty-gritty but instead what they did is they created a police station they put it in bloody new york city and they say right this entire police station other than chris rock's character are corrupt they are every single person here is a dirty cop except for your new partner maybe he looks suspicious who knows so then um we get the backstory with samuel jackson and this is where it just goes ridiculous because this is when they try and justify it because they go right why is this police station bad oh well you know this the city was bad so essentially what we did is and all they say in the movie is we created article 8 
What the fuck does that mean? They essentially put through this piece of made-up legislature, which just meant that, what, cops could kill people now? Like, it's so ridiculous that this could happen in America. Um, and the other main thing, which then ties into kind of the reveal, is a witness is going to press charges on a cop. A dirty cop goes to his house, just point-blank shoots him, puts a gun on the ground next to him and says that he pulled a gun on him. Like, that's... <laughs> like, I can't remember if it's the same gun anyway, but, like... Because it, it wasn't the same gun, was it, that he shot him with? Which, oh, first and foremost, that's ridiculous. Because you can tell when a gun's been shot. But even if it was the same gun, you could tell from what angle they were holding it and everything else. Secondly, Chris Rock then comes in and knows what's happened. And there's another witness of what happened. Yeah. So there was one eyewitness and one, like, very close witness in chris rock then this what this one guy got sent to jail for maybe 15 years and is now fine and out but the rest of the police station is still allowed to be corrupt because of this made-up legislature like it's it's so fucking shit like I, it really pisses me off how, how poorly written this police station stuff mm. is because just the whole thing falls apart and then they kind of like add that like the female who's in charge is now suddenly corrupt so she has to have this horrible death and again her trap makes no sense whatsoever like oh you're gonna be suffocated by wax and the only way to get out is to essentially cut your spine so you can't yeah. walk like you can't you can't do that on purpose you can't purposely cut your spine to the point where you're just being a wheelchair but not dead you can you just head for a needle oh it's uh, or a blade behind <laughs> you that you can't see like it's just it's so stupid um let alone then when you get into like you say there's no real red herons in this movie it's just chris rock has all of these shitty dirty cops that are all out to get you and has this random new detective that you're being put with gee i wonder who's behind it all and then even his motivation doesn't make any sense because he actually likes zeke like he says it in the final moments like he's being genuine he's like i like you like i don't have a problem with you i have a problem with the system and obviously what happened to him as a, as a child and very much wants revenge on on zeke's dad which oh. obviously then is going to conflict with zeke because he's obviously not going to like someone who wants to kill his dad but like ultimately he doesn't have a problem with zeke so why is zeke the one who he's targeting throughout the whole movie like it's just it doesn't it doesn't add up i think that's one of my new like really big pet peeves when because we've seen it with a few i can't pinpoint another one but we've seen it with movies recently where the person that's been like hunted and hounded is completely innocent and they're like mm. yeah but your your dad sucks like in this case and we've had it a couple of times where that's happened in these horror movies and i'm mm. like it's because they want the the victim to be to be blameless yeah and to to not have this kind of history so therefore you can root for them but it kind of just it makes the whole motivation of the killer pointless i can't oh god i can't remember what it was now but it was one of the slashes recently where it was like you know hunting them down they're like yeah because your mum was mean and it's kind of like you know it's just it 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 almost never works the only scenario that i can think of where that kind of does happen is, is pretty much like nightmare on elm street where you know freddie is getting his revenge and it's mm. like you know that is kind of you know it doesn't happen often that you can kind of give it a pass because more often than not it's annoying and and yeah it just kind of like you say why single out and torture the one person on that police force that is a good and b 
trying to stop the other ones internally anyway yeah right like, just help him don't be yeah. such a dickhead to him and then put him in this like farcical trap at the end which again doesn't make much sense like they try and right. do this clever reveal where it's like oh you've got a gun but only one bullet and he's like well you know you can kill me and you both lose or you can shoot the target and we both win and it's just like it's so vague and mm. the final moment is something which could have been cool like the final imagery of kind of like you know samuel jackson is the puppet master and he's kind of being put up on these strings like that mm. could have been cool but then even at the end they're trying to create this message that you know oh the police just shoots first and ask questions later and that's kind of why they kill him but like it just doesn't make any sense like he's pointing a gun at him first and foremost so regardless of who it is like if it was the president and he was pointing a gun at him they'd probably shoot him like mm. and then let alone the fact that um you know he's like known in that area and everything it's just the it's so poorly written that's the biggest problem by far with this movie because like i say performances are all over the shop but they're not terrible the movie looks nice it has a really good soundtrack um it's the traps are fine they're not great but it is purely the writing that just this com this movie completely falls apart on every level um because yeah the the portrayal of the police is like you it can't be understated how shite it is because this entire movie is about that now having now seen the movie you say well what is spiral about well it's about police corruption and about one person's revenge on police corruption mm. but but the portrayal of police corruption is so stupid and so farcical and it would never happen in a million years in the united states of america that it's like well i can't believe anything in this movie anymore and and it also it's not entertainingly done either it's not like i was like ha, oh that's funny that he just killed someone on a dash cam and got rid of it like i was just like no that's <laughs> stupid like no one literally no does anyone think this is how police corruption happens like po police corruption is re is real and can be portrayed in in really interesting ways and like cool cop dramas and i think tv has kind of nailed it better than films ever have but like you can do that shit really well this is it just done so goddamn poorly well, like it's... i said this this actually damages the, yeah. the messages that get put out there because more eyeballs will get on this more often mm. than especially with the the fact that this is the return of cinema mm. um you know and and yeah it's it's done so poor but yeah it's just a real um you know i'm i'm really disappointed like i you're I telling me i wasn't blown away by the trailer but i like like you were but i'm i'm obviously excited about a saw movie and and yeah i just like what what is the future of this franchise now it has it has it been kicked too many times like you know we've we've gone from you know at this point we have three bad saw movies in a row and you know this is the worst of them all and it's the first one that's tried to spin away from the historical baggage mm. and so like what do you do now like you've got you've you tried move to it you move it to tv it probably <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say that's that's probably the answer isn't it yeah i i'd like say if you're asking me that's all i can see them doing like i don't think they're gonna pump mm. another 20 million dollars into a into a saw movie because like i said they've had three failures on their hands in a row mm -hmm. so i think getting a smaller budget let's not even try and get any big name actors that will go full unknown cast um make this as cheap as possible and hopefully just get some good goddamn writers involved <laughs> and actually put out a good season of tv because you don't need big name actors and you don't you definitely don't need a big budget to make a good saw property like you don't look at the original movie it was made on nothing like literally nothing um so yeah it's super frustrating the, the last thing here is um 
we did actually have a, a short review from Sean via email who saw this movie, um, who says um, Spiral from the Book of Sh- uh, Saw was a, a complete shit show. <laughs> um, Chris Rock doing a stand up routine is the main dialogue for the first 15 minutes. Traps that don't work aren't meaningful in any way. A story that is terrible, focusing on corrupt cops and a wasted appearance by Sam Jackson, just to name a few failures of a film filled with them. The copycat is the worst villain in the franchise. Fans will see this and be disappointed and miss the nostalgia of the first few movies five out of ten and a total avoid um yeah i completely agree with that sentiment really it's just yeah i i agree with every word that you said apart from the rating like, that's, that's, that's pretty generous i'm not i'm not that far off of five i'm um, yeah four no. five who cares like yeah. no, I'm it's, only uh, it's like like you say when you actually kind of look at the movie critically mm. it's you know it's directed and it looks nice it, yeah exactly it's competent in a lot of mm. areas and and like i said until we got to the the kind of the the his his partner's death scene um i was you know kind of thinking this is all right like i'm having an all right time i laughed at chris rock even though it was annoying and then i've then i've got some kind of you know thriller stuff going on with this copycat well not copycat killer but just like sore inspired killer Mm. okay this is fine and then yeah obviously goes off the rails but but yeah shame hey better luck next week yeah, it's a sad one. Like I say, thankfully, it's not a case of, well, we see Spiral, and now we've got nothing to see for two months. We actually have other movies that I'm not as excited for. I'm not going to pretend I am, but they are certainly, you know, they're big cinema horror releases, which at this point, I'd be surprised if either of them are worse than this one. I'd be devastated if they were. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, who I'm, knows? I'm, I was more excited for Quiet Place 2 because it's just been my like white whale ever yeah. since it got taken away from us so yeah <laughs> uh, for, for me like yeah if that one doesn't land i'm gonna be devastated we shall see we shall see uh, but yeah that was our discussion on spiral uh we would take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, just sort of uh, to round us off this week, I did watch another movie in the past week because um, I'm addicted. And uh, yeah, it was another movie that was kind of a new one that we talked about on the show, um, which was Nobody. Um, the kind oh, yeah. of thriller, I guess, John Wick-esque um, from the director of Hardcore Henry, which is why I was super pumped for this one. Mm. And yeah, sadly, this was just exactly what I expected, really. It's, you know very generic kind of you know okay action film um Mm -hmm. it's not a terrible film but it's not it's not a great film it it starts off more interesting because um we're introduced to like bob odenkirk and he's he's portrayed as this kind of like normal dude there's like a house break in and then it's kind of like him dealing with the consequences of that and i liked the first 20 minutes because i was very much getting like a more of a fallen down vibe of like a here's just a normal guy who's being pushed to his limit and how far will he go to protect his family the second it then goes full john wick which i really didn't expect and be like mm. nope has this entire crime syndicate that's after him has this entire backstory about why he is a complete badass you know living this kind of like fake re- or like retired life at this point but has all this crazy shit he did back in the day mm. like i was like man i really didn't want that because like i bob odenkirk is an interesting actor to me because i liked him 
in Breaking Bad as a supporting character. And I think he's a great supporting character actor. And then mm. once Better came, Better Call Saul came out, watched a few episodes. I was like, I don't need to watch this. I don't. First of all, I don't need to see more of this character. And second of all, I like him as a supporting character. He's not a Brian Cranston to me. Um, he's not a lead character. And so this is kind of like him trying to be a lead character, which sadly I just don't think it works. You know, that's fine. There are plenty of actors who I love who are great in supporting roles, and I think he's one of them. Um, so I think the fact that they've tried to make him like an older John Wick, like that's so believable for a keanu reeves but i don't believe bob odenkirk was this like sick agent <laughs> back in the day like no. i believe him as just he's a normal family guy working in a factory and now he's been pushed to his limit and he's not going to take any more shit like that's what i thought the movie was going to be yeah. but it wasn't um but the action sequences are fun it's got very small hints of Ilya in there there's like a you know there's a strong russian presence with kind of like the gangsters and i enjoy their aspect of it um the action sequences are good, but like they're just nowhere near the level of Hardcore Henry. Um, mm. the, the thing that really disappointed me was like really obvious um, sound, uh, sorry, music choices, where there are so many action set pieces that are then slowed down with like a famous piece of, you know, um, copyrighted like music. And right. that's always such an interesting choice when you try and do it in any film, because like, you know, you think back to like how it worked super well in Shaun of the Dead, you know, with Don't Stop Me Now. And mm. it's funny because that song, if you remember, is also at the end of Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Um, and that was really weird at the time. I remember where I was like, oh, really? A Queen song now? But they kind of got away with it because the film was so outrageous. Um, yeah. And but I love that for the most part of Hardcore Henry, it was his own band that supplied the soundtrack. And I thought it suited his style of like frenetic mm. for, for action really well but this movie is very much there's like frank sinatra songs there's just every time a song started during an action sequence i was like yep that's that's exactly <laughs> what i expected you to play here um and that's something that's so good about baby driver is edgar wright's kind of like music knowledge is out of this world mm. and every song in that film i had pretty much never heard of and then became a huge fan of through baby driver and they all yeah. fitted the sequences perfectly whereas this movie i was like yep oh it's that song from the advert oh it's that song from that other film do you know what i mean it was just like all stuff i've heard a million times great songs but nothing inspired in terms of their choices in the film um so yeah it was fine by the end of it it's 90 minutes and by the end of it i just wanted to be over with to be honest it was yeah totally okay i couldn't possibly recommend it i didn't hate it i'm glad i saw it but it very much disappointed me because it was that classic let's take this kind of renegade crazy foreign film director and let's just like hollywood the fuck out of him um mm. it you know ex extremely like when pascal lauga made is it was it the tall man his american movie um post martyrs yeah. yeah and it was like it was a fine movie but kind of like all that special source that made him a great director you could only see hints of that because he had to make it in this traditional kind of you know studio mm. model yeah, and, sure. and then obviously when pascal then returned to his roots and made that other movie that we covered we absolutely loved that um uh, incident in the ghostland so yeah mm -hmm. i'm glad Ilya got this out of his system he got to make a, a you know bigger budget movie more people are going to see it it's got a big name actor in it but i hope if he continues to be a director which i really hope he, he does as well as being a, a great musician i just hope he keeps it like it doesn't have to be that first person style but i want it to be in russia you know i want it to be his style all over it um, yeah definitely so yeah it was a, it was a disappointing one yeah that's a shame man it's kind of you know it, it's not surprising from the trailers no um, it's exactly yeah. what you'd think from the trailers yeah. it's oh bob odenkirk wanted to be john wick <laughs> the film <Yeah. laughs> um 
Well, I went I went a different way, but did watch a movie as well. All I right. watched a, a little little known nineteen eighties movie mm-hmm. uh, directed by the one and only John Carpenter. Ooh. Uh, I watched They Live um, for the first time. Oh, um, you're so lucky! It's my favorite Carpenter movie. Yeah, which is which is interesting, like because you said that to me before I watched it, and like. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Carpenter fan, but obviously, like, Halloween and The Thing are mm. incredible movies. Um, and, and yeah, f- for me, this one doesn't doesn't match up to those two. Um, I, I liked it fine. I think I found the first half an hour incredibly boring, in, like, incredibly boring. Um, and then kind of when he, when he effectively gets the, the sunglasses and his eyes open, kind of... You know, I, I thought that was really interesting to begin with. And um, I I kind of read, I don't know whether I read too much into it, but I almost kind of felt like it was almost going to be, um, is he actually seeing this stuff or not? Because I was like, has he just gone nuts and is killing people? Oh, and really? Like, <laughs> That's, yeah, and, I've never had that take on that and film. <laughs> like, I kind of, I kind of hoped that was it because like he nah. just goes into a building and just starts like killing people. Randomly, <laughs> just talking about bubble gum. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, is he just mental? Like, well, that's kind of like the Black Mirror take on it, where Black Mirror yeah. had like they they did like their own take on they live, but yeah, what you're saying, which is yeah. like, oh, you think everyone's an alien, but really they're not. That's kind of yeah, like what which they was, did, which was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and and yeah, I kind of you know I think the problem is is that I've seen too much about this movie over the years. You know, oh I've yeah, you of, have to kind of I've know seen the images, I've heard the the the, the catchphrase and and all of this stuff, and I think kind of um, you know seeing it now i i like seeing you know uh roddy piper obviously kind oh, of in that so role he, he's awesome kind of um you know keith david in the supporting role is is also awesome they have the most ridiculous fight scene of all oh, time that it's, it's one of the best fight scenes minutes. of all time it's um, so good <laughs> you know which is definitely the best part of the movie um <laughs> but but yeah i i think it's the soundtrack more than anything as well like it's got this um you know, real Carpenter soundtrack, but it's just this beat that's played. It's this same like three or four beats, almost like Jaws, where it's just these same Mm. three or four beats over and over again. I remember that in the first like half an hour when he's just like drifting and it's just constantly playing that same score. And it got too much for me where it just started to really just grate on me. And and like, and again, like, I think that's what Carpenter's getting at, but I just don't want to be pissed off with a soundtrack. (laughs) Like, I'm like, yeah, fair play you've achieved what you wanted to you pissed me off mate. and <laughs> but but yeah i didn't like i said i didn't hate this movie but i just i wasn't blown away by it which mm. was which was you know i was kind of hoping i've you know i've never seen this movie and i kind of i know a lot of people like it like you said it's your favorite carpenter movie and and i kind of you know i've always you know like you've kind of had sat sat there kind of recently kind of carry and american werewolf in london and that sort of thing and i kind of thought to myself oh i've got this one sat there and and one day i'll watch it and it's going to be a banger and yeah it just it just wasn't really a banger for me that's really disappointing i mean you're, you're wrong first and foremost like the, the, <laughs> the movie is i love it i think it's one of the most unique films i've ever seen and it's like i 
it blows me away that in a, in a sea of remakes and kind of like everyone's stealing yeah, from I can't everyone it's not been remade uh, yeah i don't know how anyone has stolen this idea and kind of like even kind of reformed it in different stories because that whole concept of like being this controlled through like advertising the media mm. and all that stuff is is so fascinating and yeah i just it is a film of moments, very similar to what I said last week, um, with Dress to Kill almost. Like, this is a way better movie. But, like, it is, I'm not going to sit here and say the, th- the first 30 minutes are enthralling. Like, again, I get what he's going for. He's trying to portray, like, poverty and he's trying to get across his politics because then it makes more sense later on. But it's not the most rewatchable. But the second he gets those glasses, that scene is just like, when you see all the advertising flick for the first time and then when you see those like crazy looking faces and you're just like oh my god there's these mental people just living among us like i yeah i love they live so much i really want to watch it now having now talked about it mm. it's just I, I love the ending as well like because it was so unexpected to have such like a ridiculous ending and that was like the thing back in those those movies like i always remember the halloween free as well where they just had these really ballsy endings that it wasn't like here's the hero kind of saving the day which yeah. i really liked um i think it i think with the ending for me it almost got too ambitious where it couldn't fully execute it and mm. i kind of i think that's what i feel like with a lot of the movie like i really love the subliminal messaging and the way it was shown and everything and and yeah i just kind of like the overall execution of it i wanted a bit more of and and yeah like i wouldn't be opposed to seeing a remake of this movie because i I think think especially in modern day kind of you know again like we we've we've talked you know people talk about romero and kind of the the social commentary he he's had in his movies Mm. ahead of his time carpenter you know the late 80s kind of it definitely was around then but my god is it prevalent now oh yeah that's crazy how much he predicted stuff (laughs) yeah and so you know it would be fascinating to kind of um see a a modern take on it you know Mm. and and yeah kind of you know we we you know uh, in particular i think black mirror doing something like this would be really Mm. good you know they've touched upon it but 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 directly this would be great yeah it, it would be oh like you say extremely hard to do because you'd have mm. to modernize it in a way but still keep it relevant but if you got like a a world-class writer like a jordan peele who mm. completely understands the mix of horror with social commentary like i would love to see his take on something like they live um yeah. that'd be like a dream come true but yeah it's uh it's a great one um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week like i say our next couple of weeks the hits keep on coming we're in a great mm-hmm. period obviously we've seen um like kicked off with sound of violence which is now out on all platforms um which was great and we watched woman in the window last week on netflix um and then obviously in the coming weeks so yeah pretty much in the cinema in the next week is both the conjuring free and a quiet place part two so um those will be our next couple of weeks and then i'm dying to see army of the dead like i keep seeing tweets about it and it's it seems very mixed but i assumed that because of course it's a zack schneider movie it's not a zack schneider movie if it's not a a very mixed reaction on both sides um Mm -hmm. i also saw that on both sides of a zack schneider movie as well well. yeah so like so that's why i'm not sure what side of the coin i'm gonna be on (laughs) um and i saw that um sean in america said that he got to see this movie in the cinema which is awesome and like i had a feeling like i don't get it because with like odian for example we said it last week they're showing like six movies right now Mm. that are available on demand i don't know why they wouldn't just chuck this on a few screens like especially after the hype of justice league earlier this year like they would get as many people watching that as they would mortal Kombat. surely like yeah. i want to see this more so yeah it's a shame that it is just netflix in the uk but we'll get to it like i said it's a nice one to have there that we know we've got a cool i know 
I don't know how I haven't seen it yet, though. Like, I, I know. keep wanting to just watch it, but I don't want to <laughs> watch it. And we're we're still nowhere near either. It. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like mid-June uh, by the time we get to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's something to look forward to, which is good. It's a good, like I say, it's a good problem to have after the last year or so of struggling to find True. things to watch. It's nice to actually have movies. Um, I know. Just take into what you just said there, the... A Quiet Place Part 2 and The Conjuring 3 have <laughs> both out this week mm. in the cinema. Oh. Like, let's not take that for granted. No, savour it. Savour every mm. moment. Because, yeah, even though, like, Spiral sucked, I still savoured the fact that I got to go to the cinema, and I just hope that it'll I'll get to have that great experience with a great film in the coming weeks, which I'm sure we will. Um, yeah. And also, 2.50 next week, so, so a little bit of a celebration for us. Who would have thought it, hey? Um, it's an unreal milestone to hit, really. It's crazy. Um i know it's crazy yeah all that's to look forward to next week but yeah that was episode 249 where sadly we had to talk about spiral um thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone